This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. Today on Front Row Rugby, my guest is Springbok legend David von Hesslen. David, it's lovely to have you here. Peter, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, it's uh, it's an honour to 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 uh, in any kind of format to be asked as a former Springbok rugby player to uh, give back or have a conversation. It's uh, you know it's been an important part of my my life and I suppose an important part of you know um, South African culture. So it's uh, it's really nice to be to be invited. Now, just before we begin our conversation, here is this week's trivia question. Who scored four tries for the Springboks in a 52-10 win over France in 1997? If you know the answer, you can put it in the comment section below. We'll also find out if David knows the answer to the question, but we'll leave that for the end of our conversation. David, let's get going. We'll start in 1999. You're in the squad for that test match against Italy, but you were on the bench. Did you actually think you were going to get on the field? I had a good sense that I was going to get on, um, and I was extremely excited to get on, to be honest. And uh, I, I, in my mind, there was, there was never a doubt that I was going to get a few minutes, whatever it, whatever it may be. So, yeah. And if I, I can remember that far back, I, I think I was told that I would get a minute or two. And then you did actually get onto the field. Very exciting moment for you. Very proud moment. Talk me through the emotions of that moment. It's a, it's a surreal experience, you know, because, you, you, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else, but, you know, I, I had, it hadn't actually become real you know as, as such it's only when you I, I if I can skip forward a little bit I, I think it only became real for me when I was standing in front of um the Durban crowd the following week and we were singing the national anthem and I was looking up into the crowd and I suddenly realized what you've achieved as a springbok to stand in front of your country and sing the national anthem I think the week before you know it's almost surreal in a sense you know you were, I was you know picked for the springboks on the bench you know and and suddenly I'm on the field and, and you have a few minutes and it all just goes by in a flash you know and it, it's it is more a surreal event as opposed to you know what are the emotions I think I was much more emotional the following week when I when I was picked to start and then the reality sets in that, you know, you're actually on the, the, the biggest stage in the world. I want to talk a little bit about that uh, first start, as you said, uh, in Durban. You scored two tries that day as well. And obviously that's another victory. Were you perhaps thinking at that point that international rugby is easy? <laughs> I suppose in a sense, um, I, I, I could say flippantly, yes, you know, because... I, I did have a particularly good game. Yes, we won 101 0 and we and we we gave Italy a hiding. I, I will uh, be the first to admit that. But at the same time, you know, I played a very good game of rugby that day, uh, and I was lucky enough to score uh, two tries. Um, Stefan to Blanche put me because he scored, I think, five that day. So obviously, the man of the match went to him. Uh, but I, as a game of rugby went, I was really happy with the way I'd played and the decisions I'd made. Uh, and so it wasn't about the two tries. Um, even though I did get my face splashed on every newspaper. So, yes, I, I did feel that, hey, you know, maybe this is not so difficult. <laughs> and then a little bit of a reality check, because after that, it was quite an odd decision as well uh, at the time to go and play against Wales in Cardiff. I know it was the opening of the Millennium Stadium, but it was it was our sort of season, and now we're going to play the Welsh in their off-season in June. A lot of people thought it was a very, very strange decision, and we ended up losing that test match as well. What was your experience like? Of, of that whole week it was a it was a strange old week like you say it was out of season and uh, it was kind of slapped between playing Italy and then going on um, you know the the, the Tri-Nations uh, at that point and I was on the bench 
and as you say, like we'd had a lot of you know, changes to personnel and, um, you know, a lot of guys had retired and, you know, so it, it was a, it was a transitional team at that stage, you know, uh, very much so. Um, and, and I was on the bench and I was just, I mean, I was a kid. So I was, I was just so excited to be part of a Springbok team touring in Wales. The Welsh people are fantastic, you know, and they, I mean, they, 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 they will mock you, so to speak, but uh, you know it's all in good jest. Uh, it's, it's, it's all said in jest, so I say, and it's and it it was it was just like an exciting week, and I didn't really have the pressure of starting. Werner Swanepoel was starting, and so I came on, uh, you know, with about half an hour to go. I can't remember exactly, but I came on with quite a bit of the game to go. But we were on a hiding to nothing. I think the game was already lost, to be honest, and we were just told to go on and, and have a go, and and I did that, and I, and, I, and from what I recall, and you know, from you know my own experience, I felt I had a pretty decent you know, last half an hour of the game. And so, but, but yes, we lost. It was the first time the Springboks had ever lost to Wales. It was not the result we were looking for. And I think more of a reality check after the 101-0 whooping we'd given Italy. Was there an angry reaction from Nick Mallett in the changing room after that because of the historical nature of the defeat? I would be lying if I said I remember vividly uh, the reactions to all these things. You know, it's, it is... Um, you know, people ask me about the following game, which I'm sure we'll chat about. Um, I I think Nick was under pressure at this point. Um, you know, it, it, he was, uh, he, and I and I do remember him um, uh, responding angrily, whether it was at the Wales game or the New Zealand game or both. Uh, but he 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 did he did, and I think he was genuinely under pressure um, for his position at the time. So um, I, I would like to say yes, he did respond angrily, but I can't remember definitively whether it was Wales or New Zealand or both. Sure. Uh, and we will talk about that Dunedin test match. Uh, funny enough, that's the next question. Uh, I had Cornet Kricher on this show a couple of episodes ago. I'll put a link uh, to that uh, up there as well um, for anybody who wants to go and watch that. Cornet told me, David, that a lot of things went wrong in the week building up to that test match at the House of Pain. How do you remember that week? I was very um, raw. Uh, you know, I had I had been on the bench for most of the year in the Super Rugby, um, and I'd be coming on twenty to thirty minutes from each the end of each game, and I was really playing nice rugby in a team that wasn't wasn't winning as such, you know. And then we'd you know we'd played against the Stormers, who were already in the semi final, and I'd been picked to start, and I played out my boots that day. Um, so, um, you know, everything happened in quite a blur for me. To be honest, and and I remember being in Dunedin, and it's black and white everywhere, and all the students, and it's just this, you know. And it'd been raining all week, um, and we had been practicing a box kicking game. That's what we'd been, which wasn't necessarily my type of rugby, but you know, I had, I, I'd obviously, I was a professional, and I needed to be um, good at everything. So I, I was proficient at everything. So I, I obviously, I was, I was happy with that that game plan, so to speak. Um, and we practiced that all week. And we literally woke up on the, the day of the game. And it was the most beautiful, crisp winter's day, uh, sunshine. And, yeah, everything turned from there, even the game plan. And then, as we know, 28-0 um, against the All Blacks on that occasion. A tough, tough result for us. Um, the match itself, how do you recall? Yeah, it was a blue. I know I made mistakes. Um, I know, I mean, listen, Khafi and I, 
Um, we're both very inexperienced in, in two positions that you know you acquire a bit of um, experience in, especially away in Dunedin, in New Zealand, at the House of Pain, the best rugby team in the world, the best backline I think they've ever had uh, to this day. You know that that era of of, of rugby player, and um, it. I know I made mistakes. I know I was frenetic in the way I, I made decisions. Um, you know, I, and I, I don't, I don't want to speak. Uh, you know, have put words in say in say Khafi's um, mouth, but I think he was the same. You know, I think we, I think we got rattled right from the the beginning of the day because we, the the game plan to the the test match was actually changed on the bus. It was changed from we're going to box kick to we are going to run everything, um, and that happened on the bus. And I think that. To be honest, I think it threw Khafi more than me because I mean I'd come I'd I'd grown up in a rugby in a running rugby environment. So I was actually quite happy and I didn't have to kick the ball so much. But I think we got stuck between the two, myself and Khafi, you know, and Khafi was um asking me to do box kicks in near 22 and and I was wanting to run for and it and we were just frenetic, the two of us. And I I just think we just completely overshot the the, the mark and and missed each other and then and, and then Bowler accounts didn't have the best uh, best game. Talk to me about Nick Mallet publicly blaming you and Huffy for that defeat. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't want to burn any bridges I left in my in my life, uh, considering it's about it's like half my life ago. But um, yeah, I, I, like I said, Nick, I don't have anything personal against. I don't. I, he picked me to be a Springbok, and I've got to be always, I've always got to be grateful for that, for, for that. Um, you know, whether or not it was at the time, you know, if I could look back and say, no, actually, could you hold on and let me be a bit more experienced? You know, maybe, you know, in hindsight is, you know, the perfect science. Um, the, the publicly blaming you never should do to anyone. And I don't think that he can hold that against me because I've actually been to a breakfast recently. I was actually at the breakfast where he said, you know, you need to protect your players and you need to give them experience and build them in. And you and and I, I jokingly wanted to stand up and go, uh, excuse me. <laughs> so, you know, and but maybe he, you know, he must have learned uh, over the years. Maybe, you know, he in, in his own way will, you know, know where he's done right and wrong. I don't think he did right. I don't think he treated the situation right. Um, and I think, but I said, I, I said in the beginning, I think he was under pressure for his position and his career at the time. Um, I still have this joke that uh, I should be on a Springbok retainer still because I never really got dropped. He never phoned me. I never got a f- phone call saying that I was dropped from the team. I just saw in the newspaper. Uh, no one else from the Springbok management actually gave me a call, which I also don't believe is the right way. You know, I should have been sat down, spoken to, and said, "Listen, well, you know, we're going to go back with Yust," which is fine. Mean, it was the it was the obvious choice. You know, Yust was back from injury. I get that, but it was just the way it was handled. That yeah, it wasn't the way. It wasn't done the best, to be honest. That's very very interesting. Um, just after that New Zealand defeat at Dunedin, uh, there was a test match against the Wallabies um, in Australia. Uh, I think you were on the bench and then you came on and played on the wing, uh, which was um, quite interesting. Uh, but that was also quite a, quite a heavy defeat. Um, how how tough was that away leg of the Tri Nations in '99? Yeah, just I mean, it's after after New Zealand. New Zealand, you know, I was so excited up until the game, and the game didn't go right. But I don't believe I still to this day believe if I was good enough to get there, I should have been good enough to. Be, at least be given another opportunity or to be you know re reintroduced into the systems and 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 I, and I wasn't it was just like literally chucked out and left to my own devices um going to australia was a different animal completely and and i will vividly remember this part because australian uh, sports fans are uh they are uh, i don't know what the right term is but they're, they're not very nice people 
And I was sitting on the sideline, obviously on the bench, and I was getting mocked from minute one about my game the previous week. I will never forget it. They just slated me from beginning to end. And I did I did get on at the end, uh, but I came on at wing. I'd never played wing in my life, and here I was playing for the Springboks on wing. Uh, poor uh, Slup Chips, Peter So was at centre, having to go to centre and try and direct me as to where to stand. And I was I was, I was playing against Ben Tune, who, if you remember, was lightning quick and, and huge. And I just had w- one thought was, I'm not letting this guy run around me. You can go, go, try to go through me, but he's not going around me. And uh, yeah, if, as far as I can remember, I don't think he did. Now, I'm keen to hear from you. As you said, difficult away to it, but you were part of the setter, part of the squad. Did you think that you had a reasonable chance of making the squad for the 99 World Cup? Well, not after that. Um, <laughs> not that I, you know, I, I, if I look at the way to, uh, rugby is managed today and the players are managed today, I think that, and with all uh, respect to, to Werner Swanepoel, I think I'd, I had played to become the informed scrum off um, in 99. Even U.S. Admitted that, and that's one of the reasons he actually chose me for his J9 team that used to represent him around the world. He said, I was, and so I, I, I don't mean this to come across conceited at all. He just said, David, you were actually the one scrum of I really was concerned about. And I was very grateful when, when, when what happened to you happened to you because I didn't have that threat anymore. Um, so, did I? I I obviously had been thinking about the 99 World Cup. Obviously, every child, like every kid wants to become a Springbok and then to play in a World Cup. And I played myself into the, the form to be the like, form scrum off of the, of the year. Um, but, you know, did I, should I have started against you? <laughs> Probably not. I should have been managed. You know, the way they manage the players these days, bring them on. And, and you know, we are, us as, as, as spectators know how well they played in, say, Super Rugby or whatever, whatever UFC, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we want those players to play, but it's not as simple as that. That transition is really important. And if I'd been managed correctly and, and brought in like um, um, Andre Markroff had done with me at Griquiz, that's how he made turn me into a springbok, is that he brought me on with 20 minutes to go, brought me on with 20 minutes to go, brought me on with half an hour to go. And all those little little you know bits and, and, and pieces of games built my confidence and I didn't have the pressure of starting and I built it and built it and built it to the point that when I started a super rugby game, I came flying out the blocks because I was just so ready to play. And that's, if you've got a, if you've got a talented youngster, especially in a position such as scrum off a fly off, that's how you need to um, work them into the system, you know, work them in, uh, you know, so that they get, they do gain their confidence and, and then bring them in so that they when, when they do go up against an all black team, they are settled and ready to play at that level. So when you look back now in terms of your Springbok career, do you have any regrets? I have many. I have many regrets. I, like, it's easy to blame a system, and I, and I don't. Please know that I don't. I don't blame. I don't think that my situation was handled right. But I, too, have a part to play in, um, in how I responded. You know, and I don't think I was mature enough to be able to respond in the correct manner, in the way, and to dust myself off, get up, and you know, put it behind me, and and work back to being a Springbok because, and I was young enough, I was good enough, definitely good enough. But I, I think I got, I, I, yeah, it was a number of factors, but I, I've, I've regretted the way I handled myself as a, as a, you know, professional rugby player uh, because I, I didn't, it, it wasn't a very mature way in which I handled it and I, I could have done it better. So it's, like I said, easy to blame the system and say, yeah, I got thrown to the walls, which, you know, but that's life. Things, these things happen in life and you need to, no one, no, no one owes you anything. And I needed to stand up and actually, uh, you know, fight my way back, which I, that's, if I say regret, yeah, that, that's, that, that's the regret. Should have fought harder to get back. 
So David, in South Africa, many kids grow up wanting to play for the Springboks. That's the dream. I'm obviously one of those as well. But in my case, I had zero talent. Uh, but in your case, you're the kind of guy that made it there, right? You, you got there. And yes, you weren't a Victor Matfield or a Percy Montgomery that played 100 tests, but you did actually get onto the field for the Springboks. You represented your country. You got to sing the national anthem before the test. All, all those wonderful things. And yes, it was over probably before it should have been. But... Be that as it may, what is your advice to youngsters today? Be passionate about what you do, first of all. Okay, talent will get you so far. But, uh, but passion and, uh, and um, consistency is probably the key element to me. Is, is You've got to be consistently good. You can't, you can't have, I always say, the, uh, and I'm, it might sound like a cliche, but you know, motivation is fleeting. You might wake up one day and not be motivated. But if you, if you are consistent and you, and you, are, and you, are, um, and you have routine, and you follow that and you and you and you and you fill that with passion every single day then even on your bad days you're going to be good and then you've got to never give up and i know you've heard that before but you've got to never give up because when situations like happen to me you can't go feel you don't have you don't have a minute to go and feel sorry for yourself because there's another guy waiting in the wings to take you out and and it, and then life doesn't owe you anything so you just gotta you gotta get up and you gotta never give up and you gotta just keep practicing and every single day of your life because you never know when the opportunity comes and when the opportunity comes if you have if you're not prepared it'll be gone and someone else will get it so you just gotta keep going david tell us about your post rugby career ah uh, my post rugby career so I, um <laughs> it's quite a it's quite a story because I, I i left rugby and uh and ended up in a security company which um did very well, did very nicely. Um, but I didn't really have kind of any um, experience in running a business. Um, and, and, so, and also, I didn't really, it, it wasn't a passion of mine. That's why I go back to passion. You can only do something um, that you don't have passion for, for for so long. And I did it. I grew it to a, to a substantial company. But I didn't enjoy it. I actually hated it. Um, and I, and I joked with someone <laughs> once saying, you know, I was, I actually prayed to God, said, dear, dear God, please get me out of this industry. How did I end up here in the first place? Please get me out. And I think he replied, okay, okay, son, well, here we go, but I'm going to take you through a deep dark forest to get there. So I, 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 I did, I, 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 I lost the company, though the, the details aren't important, but it's been the most brilliant thing that's ever happened to me in my life i've i I, i'm out of security and i've taken the experience from that um you know of the 10 years where i was wondering what i was doing with my life i really did i was wondering i was you know an example if you can like example is you know someone would say to me so oh you play professional rugby and like wow that's so incredible and you feel like you're adding value to the world you feel like you you, you're actually adding your value or you're putting your little stamp on the world and then when i had a security company uh, security company people would say so what do you do? I go, I own a security company. They're like, oh. And, and you go, okay. And now I do a, a business, which is a tech company. And I tell people what I'm doing. And people go, oh, my gosh, is that, what you, is that what you're doing? And I go, yes, it's back. I'm adding value again. So that's where I am. I've taken the experience out of the security world. And we, we saw a gap in the access control market. Uh, and we built a product literally from scratch uh, that is um, – is getting great traction. You might be able to, you might see it around one day. It's called AVA, A-I-V-A. You might see it around in a few golf estates uh, or and shopping centers soon. So I'm very passionate about it. I'm very excited. I don't have a single staff member. And I do tech, a rugby player who says he owns a tech company. That's that it feels pretty special. I was in a room the other day where people go, Wow, it's so nice to be surrounded by such intelligent people. I'm like, yes, 
yes, finally. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I do. So it's been it's been a couple of years. Uh, it started in security, and I've uh, I've ended up in tech. Well, we're definitely going to keep an eye out for uh, for that name, uh, David. Just before we wrap it up, let's have a look at the trivia question. Who scored four tries for the Springboks in a 52-10 win over France in 1997? Do you know the answer? 1997. I, I, um, <laughs> 1997. Can I say Peter Rousseau? That is the correct answer. You are the first person that I've had on the show that has actually got the trivia question correct. Well done. Oh, seriously. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, when you asked the question at the beginning and you said to me, uh, you said you're going to ask me at the end, I was like, Google it, David, Google it. But I, I did it and I got it right. I, I can't believe that. Yes. Uh, I actually, earlier in the interview, when you mentioned slop chips, I thought, okay, yeah, he's definitely going to get the correct answer. Uh, literally, that was, that was a bit of a guess, to be honest. But uh, I was trying to think of the players in that era and who would have played on the wing. It was, uh, yeah, that's what I went with. I'm glad I got it right. Well done, well done. Uh, David von Hesslen, thank you very, very much. It was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby, and I hope that we can have you on again in the future. Peter, would love it. Thank you so much for thinking of me, and uh, thanks for letting me reminisce a bit. Like, uh, you know, yes, I had some up and down moments, but I, I, it, it, it really, it, you realize only maybe later in life what you've achieved when you put on that Springbok rugby jersey. It, you know, it really is something that people have made me realize how, how privileged I am, and, I, and I'm very grateful for you having me on. Thank you. Last time on Front Row Rugby, 2007, Rugby World Cup winner Ruan Pina was my guest. You can go and have a look at that video. It's appearing on the screen right now. Next time, we will have Tennis Dalport here. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.